Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. So I have to ask you how you wound up where you are and how Kamalaya came to be. It's a really basic question, but I'm so curious. <laughs> Karina and I met in India many, many years ago. And um, out of that experience, um, we decided we wanted to do something that gave something back to the world. And we had the great opportunity to study with great teachers. Um, we had the great opportunity to study with great teachers and have really very rich and wonderful experience of life. And we wanted to share that and we wanted to make sure that we gave something back to this world. Hmm. Were you, when you met in India, what were you both doing at that time in your lives that brought you there? Well, I, I was a monk in a yogic tradition living in a remote part of the Himalayas. And Karina was studying at Princeton University and she heard about our teacher and took a semester off of university and came to India to study meditation. And during that time we met and um, I, we, we stayed in touch with each other for 11 years afterwards. I stayed in India and Karina went back to finish her studies and then went on after anthropology to study Chinese medicine. And it came time for me to leave India and we got together and got married. So yeah, I would say yes, I have always had an interest in cultural anthropology. I'm bicultural myself, born and raised in Mexico from a Mexican mother who is also Spanish, Huichol, slightly Egyptian, and my father who's a German, Austrian, Texan. <laughs> so uh, uh, perhaps that, that led to my interest in cultural anthropology. So, but I was also raised uh, in a family where um, you know, eating a vegetarian diet, uh, going to naturopaths and learning meditation from the age of 14, in my case, was normal. So at a time when this was very um, uh, cutting edge in Mexico, really unusual. So when I did take this semester abroad, um, it was really fortunate because John and I became very close friends at that time, and we shared common interests. And then when we got married, John said, would you like to one day create a place were all that you have learned, Karina, in, in the holistic medical field and um, all that he had learned in the philosophical and spiritual traditions of the Himalayas, of India in particular, where we could bring those together and people would have a different experience of going on a holiday and where we could make a positive contribution to people's lives. And that was the beginning. That was the exact beginning of Kamalaya. And from that point forward, Every time we took a holiday, wherever we traveled, and we're big travelers, we were um, noting what we enjoyed, what we thought could be done better, um, what we would do uh, if we were doing something. And, and that was the inception 20 years ago, actually almost 30 years no, ago. No, 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah, because we've been married 29 years, so yeah. So we started in the Himalayas and we actually bought land in Nepal. We were gonna start Kamalaya originally in Nepal. 
but as it turned out, we we found this property in Thailand and we moved here, and uh, and it was the perfect place. Were you looking? Did you stumble across it? Like, how did you find it? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> we stumbled across it. We came. We were on this island. Actually, I was recovering from an illness, and I stumbled across this property. And there's a cave on this property where monks have lived for several hundred years doing their their Buddhist uh, spiritual practices. And when I saw the the cave, I felt, oh my God, I have to. This is life changing. And I called Karina in America. She was in America helping her sister who was delivering, uh, helping her sister deliver her first baby. And uh, uh, and then Karina flew over and we she felt this land also. And we decided this would be the place. You know, we, we because we lived in Kathmandu, um, Thailand is a common destination during the monsoon or, you know, holidays to come from the Himalayas, from Nepal and spend some time here. Sometimes just go to Bangkok and stay at a really nice hotel and do some shopping, for example. Um, but we had been coming to Koh Samui for a few years, not, not regularly, but a few times. And when John was diagnosed with a liver disease that was really, really um, endangering his life, actually, um, we found out that there was from Ayurvedic doctors, there was a particular herb that grows wild here in Thailand that is very helpful for um, hepatitis B and C. Um, it's called Philanthus nanuri, and it's, it's wild. And so John could be fed this plant in a kind of juice form. It's not really a juice, but like a paste um, twice a day. And, and there was good research on it, but also the Ayurvedic doctors um, who had done a two week liver program for him said, look, he needs to be on this and, it, and you can buy it as a dried capsule, but it's a tablet, it's not going to be as effective. And so we, we, that, was, that was what led to John spending quite a bit of time here, which led to this land being shown to him. And I remember when he called me, <laughs> he said, Karina, now keep in mind, we had already purchased a lot of land in Kathmandu um, and thought we were going to create our project there. And he said, Karina, what would you think about having our project in Thailand? I'm standing on the most beautiful piece of land on Koh Samui. And I remember his voice sounded like he had already jumped off the cliff without a parachute. He was committed, he was all in. It was a courtesy to ask me, truly. <laughs> and I remember I said, no, 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 we have all this land in Kathmandu, beautiful land with partners. And uh, he said, okay, I'll wait till you come. And we spent Christmas here and on a full moon night, lying on some gorgeous ancient granite boulders, contemplating changing my life in such a radical way, um, a deep yes came and, and, and we both embarked on this adventure that has been fulfilling and rewarding in every way imaginable. I just wanna go back to your background as a monk because you don't hear that every day. Yes. Uh, I think the only person I've heard it from in the last couple of years is Jay Shetty, who everyone knows was a monk. But what 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 drew you? How old were you when you decided to become a monk? And then how you know how did I mean this is a three books I'm sure, but how what drew you to it? And then and then how did you end up um, leaving? Okay, well I heard I had an experience where I heard that there was somebody living in the Himalayas who was so extraordinary that um, it would be like meeting Jesus. And I remember saying to my father, if dad, if Jesus was alive, wouldn't you want to go and meet him? He didn't agree. 
<laughs> you were 16 but, at the time. But I was 16 at the time. And I set my goal to go to the Himalayas at that time. I arrived when I was 23 years old. And um, I ended up staying 17 years as a disciple of this guru. So it was a, a really serious and long commitment. And, um, and I left because my teacher said to me, I taught you through experience. And now it's time to go get married and build something. And in building something, you'll understand what I taught you. Ooh. That was okay. the birth. And then I had met Karina 11 years before when she visited um, the, uh, our place, our, the ashram in India. And I had been writing letters to her. So I went to America and asked her to marry me and asked her if she'd do this with me. And it became the purpose of our life. And, and I think that's one of the things that makes Kamalaya so very different is that it's, uh, it's totally authentic. We seriously touch people's lives. Um, I think, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little more about the, the business side is that we, we've had over 90% of our guests have over the last 17 years felt that they had a positive life enhancing experience. And it comes out in the data every time. And you know, 45% of our guests come again and again. Many of our guests have been here 15 or 20 times. It's a big commitment. They stay a long time and they feel that this is how they recharge their battery and make their life better. Yeah. And so what do you offer? I mean, there's a lot of these resorts and like you're saying, you've been to a lot of them and you're getting ideas and you're seeing what you liked and see what, seeing what you didn't like. How did you put that all into Kamalaya? Like, you know, what, what, I don't want to be negative, but like, how is it different in the way from other places that seem like they're going to offer what you're offering, but actually don't when you get there. I've also been to a lot of these places. So <laughs> you have to be careful where you go when you're trying to rejuvenate. Yes. Yes. So I think uh, in Kamalaya's case, uh, first of all, I, I want to say that there are many, many different types of places. And I think there's a place for all of them because like fingerprints, each one of us um, may have different, a different thing in mind when we pursue wellness or health goals. Uh, what it means, wellness means to somebody may be very different than what it means to me, um, having been in the field pretty much my whole life. Um, so one thing I think that makes Kamalaya unique and distinct is that we're very authentic deeply and truly authentic. We're the founders and we've been closely involved with the management team from the beginning. The first two years, we were the whole team, of course, um, <laughs> working with the architect and so forth. But once, um, once we started creating the team, we've been founders that are very hands-on with the execution team, with the managers. And, um, and we've had a brilliant team and we've had 17 years that we've been open, guiding them and being involved. Um, so, but the authenticity, the vision was very uh, true. It wasn't a business from us, for us from the beginning. It was a, um, a life purpose, uh, a vision that ran through and through that we've li lived and breathed and poured ourselves into. So I think that's one thing. The second thing is we are very truly holistic. We don't pay lip service to holistic. The experience of, of every guest when they come to Kamalaya is that it really does address all the layers of who we are in a very, again, authentic and an in-depth way. So you can go to a boot camp for fitness, for example, and that's wonderful. It's perfectly fine. But that 
we wouldn't call that a holistic approach to health and well-being, right? Um, but even though they're very specialized and there's room for that, we chose to do this very holistic approach. At the same time, it's very results-oriented or solution-driven. So our programs um, are, are created by our practitioners. I'm, I'm part of that um, process of creating the wellness programs. And they have very specific solutions or results um, and then on top of it, because we have a team of practitioners, the experience is personalized to you. So let's say you and Marie, I'm just going to throw something out there. Let's say you were having um, sleep issues and you wanted to address that. Let's say, especially after COVID, let, you know, sleep has become a little bit more precious for everybody. Um, so we could have our sleep enhancement program for you. But when you arrive in the wellness consultation, we actually personalize that. That means through your medical history, through a questionnaire and interaction with a professional, a practitioner, um, we then determine that you also need X, Y, Z treatments to enhance it further. Maybe in your case, it might be that you've had some whiplash that is contributing neck issues to your insomnia, for example. And so we have a team that's over 100 professionals in their respective fields that we can draw on. These are full-time people that we draw on. Full-time practitioners. Our yeah, team is our over team, 300. Yeah, they're not all practitioners, but they're all experts in their fields. And that's over 100 just for wellness so that we can really customize your experience. And I think that's what makes Kamalaya distinct and unique. The level of expertise, the personalization, the fact that we're very authentic and we're not doing things for trends, we're not following trends, we're not gimmicky, and we really um, deliver on the results. I think that is probably what makes it quite unique. And the fact that it's a wonderful <clears throat> culture with wonderful people, and that over 17 years, the community of our team and the community of our guests is quite mature and robust and um, dynamic, I think, are the key things. Yeah. Um, centers like yours tend to attract really interesting kind of person, right? A person who's interested in being well, but also, you know, personal development and that kind of thing. Who have you had over the years and what have they come to you for? I'm sort of interested in what type of person, but also what they're presenting with, what their issues are. Yeah, we can't name any of our guests, of course, um, but, but from, from creative, exceptionally creative people who are well-known either for their art or for their um, different, in the field of creativity, um, and sometimes they come to finish projects, but want to maintain their stress levels or get their fitness and not let all of that slide. Um, to executives, of course, um, heads of offices, heads of corporations, to average people that you know know that wellness and looking after themselves to take care of stress, to take care of um, life change. Our embracing change program is one of uh, the unique. Uh, programs we have where we really look after people going through life change of any kind. Um, I mean, bankers, politicians, ordinary people who save, you know, for a few years to come. It's it's really a diverse group of people from all over the world. I think maybe over different, we've had at one time in the community table, we had over 30 countries represented. I was shocked, you know. Yeah. So yeah, very we, international. We have always tried to be very international and have people from many countries always at the same time and then we avoid a couple of issues that could happen in in community settings is people don't talk sports and people don't talk politics uh, people actually get to know each other and people get to know each other on a much deeper and more profound level 
So many, many people become friends here and build friendships that last again and again. So I'd like to say we've had almost 50,000 people go through our programs. So and that's a very, very diverse group of people, world leaders to school teachers. Yeah. 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 The community table, which is a really beautiful thing. I don't think, you know, a lot of people are single these days and I think they think they'll be lonely and they'll go and it'll be sad. And that this community table is like, can you talk a little bit about that? You share your meals and. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, community is very important to us as we know community has become even more important post COVID. Right. Obviously uh, I think the people who stayed in connection, even if it was through zoom, did better emotionally and psychologically than the people who really isolated more or just didn't have that network of, of a social network to stay in touch with. Um, and, and communities linked to our longevity and our quality of how we age. Um, at Kamala, <clears throat> excuse me, we did not want to have the artificial meet your fellow guests or the artificial, you know, meet and greet your hosts that um, we just didn't, we wanted it to all be very authentic. So on our very first year of opening within a few months, we started the community table, which used to be a table, um, just one long rectangular table where about 10 people could fit. And then it became two and then it became three. And now it's four uh, tables that are for that purpose and they fill up. And basically it was a place where you were, asked if you wanted to join the community table if you're a solo traveler, but where you really have the freedom to choose. I Because I'm in hospitality and because we're around people all the time, when I travel, I really enjoy sitting quietly on my own and kind of just being with myself, at least initially, maybe after a week or so, then I'm ready to, to, to meet people again. Um, so you have freedom to be very quiet, very tranquil, and very much in your own space. But for those people, who maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable that, oh, it's gonna be couples as many resorts are, you know, couples, 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 and I'm gonna be a solo traveler. That isn't the case at Kamala. You never feel lonely or alone. And it's, and women from the beginning, our, our guests, female guests would say, you know, I, this is the first time I've traveled on my own and I feel so safe here and so comfortable being a, a solo female traveler. So it, it's, we didn't, make these decisions based on the solo female traveler. We made it on how important it is to have a sense of belonging and how loneliness has been an epidemic in the West leading to other mental emotional um, challenges for people. So we wanted to make sure people felt welcome to forge new friendships. And that's what we did. Yeah. And, and what also, kind of, oh, sorry, go ahead. I wanted to say also Kamala is extraordinarily beautiful. Um, this property has a cave in the center of it where these monks have lived in the past. And it's quite a large property. It's about 15 acres. Um, it's 60% of it is gardens and forest. So you really feel like, for me, I felt like this is, we're creating Golden Gate Park and with some houses in it. And, uh, and people really feel that because nature in the end, nature is the first healer. And to get people back in touch with nature, with natural surroundings, we're right on the beach. It has these huge granite boulders and these gigantic trees and, and there's water flowing everywhere. It's, it's really quite extraordinary. We were really lucky. We just, we had a dream and we were able to fulfill it. And what kind of people turn up? Like what, what do they have? What are their issues? What do, you, what do they come with? I would say most people have health goals in mind that are very achievable. For example, restarting habits, 
you know, that's our detox category. Um, you know, just resetting on their habits and recharging their energy. Um, stress and burnout is a huge ca category. Fitness, we have many in that category. Structural revival, you know, how many of us are on the computer or texting and you get tension in the neck, shoulders. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's very yeah, popular. Life-changing. Uh, yoga and Ayurveda, where you have a personalized yoga one-on-one um, -on -one every day, and then you have an Ayurvedic treatment to complement every single day. It's beautiful. Um, and all our therapists, again, with the authenticity, they're all from India. They've all been professionally trained in Ayurveda um, to a very high grade. Um, and then we have embracing change with our mentors. So people who are looking to have a better understanding of themselves and the behavior, the, 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 the emotional, psychological um, stimulus for behavior. So let's say someone has done a balance and revitalize, which is for stress. Uh, but they still are not able to change their behavior. And they might come back into embracing change to understand why am I continuing to neglect my health and neglect myself? And, you know, is money's not the issue. What is going on here? Why can't I make changes that are good for me to look after myself? For example, I mean, I'm just throwing something out like that. So people come for all kinds of things. What happens when people are here is that at Kamalaya, because the programs are really, really professional and authentic, you get many more benefits than what you signed up for, right? So you may have, oh, weight, ideal weight, I haven't even mentioned, you know, of course, weight is also one. Um, but even the sleep program, right? If you get good quality sleep consistently, you're going to see improvements in your mental health and your emotional state of being. That's a fact, right? So everything is linked to everything else. When you do exercise, you feel better mentally, emotionally, vitality, you have a more positive outlook. There's certain things that are pillar habits and we focus on those and more. So I, it's really hard to say, you know, people, all I can tell you is you read the guest comments and people say, oh my God, life-changing, life-enhancing, couldn't imagine, life transformation. So that's over 17 years. I, I would say that we deliver uh, and over deliver consistently. And the food, oh, yes. the food matches all the programs. So we have a we have uh, two menus. Um, all of our food is fresh and freshly cooked. We don't have any packaged or uh, uh, hormone full, filled food. Um, we have a pure vegetarian diet for all the people on the detox or who are doing those kinds of programs. Um, and then we have uh, limited meats and things in our, in our regular menu. Um, we don't serve pork and we don't serve beef, um, but otherwise we have chicken and fish and, and uh, everything. And, uh, and the food is clean and it's just properly prepared. We don't overindulge in sugar or sweets or too much dairy or cheese. Um, and people constantly comment on how much better they feel from the food. So we basically, after three or four days here, people realize that how good they can feel. And then it's up to them to make the decisions to continue or not. But most people try to continue. Can you tell me a little bit about that structural program? That sounded really interesting. Yes, yes. So we have physiotherapists and yoga instructors and Pilates instructors. After an analysis of your posture and your alignment, then they create a personalized program of the right training for you as well, combined with um, therapies, physical therapies like massages and so forth to um, improve your structure. So it's not only receiving treatments that will benefit your structure, but also exercises that you can take home to continue 
excuse me, continue to come into better alignment. And uh, computers and mobile phones are the worst for our posture. Yeah, our neck, our chest, our shoulders. I know, I know, <laughs> I know immediately. Yeah. I, I, I turned myself completely around on the structural revival program. Having been a yogi monk in the Himalayas, I considered myself incredibly fit. And when we started Kamalaya, I got, uh, 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 I started to get back pain. And I, of course, never worked so hard in my life creating such a big property and was filled with stress. Then I had a stroke. And after I had this, I, I completely recovered from the stroke at Kamalaya um, uh, uh, with all the treatments and everything that we offer here. But I became lazy and I stopped being so active as I used to be. And then a lot of time on the office in the computer and I developed low back pain, chronic pain, all kinds of things like every business person. And somebody came one day and said to me, but don't you realize you have 750 muscles, 375 pairs, you're only using the ones that make you get up and get down and go forward and go backwards. You, you really have to change. And that started and led Karina to design the structural revival program. And I jumped on it immediately. I am completely pain-free. I probably look 10 years younger than I did. Um, I'm 70, by the way. And uh, uh, I, I just, I, I would never live without a proper fitness anymore. How did that make you feel? Did it have emotional changes and psychological changes as well? Yes, of course, because we carry so much things inside of ourselves. So over time, when you take good care of yourself and you do proper treatments and proper exercise and then proper breathing, and of course, because of my background, also meditation and, and uh, uh, inner journeys, um, then you slowly over time release all the little traumas that we have buried in there. So. You know, posture, I was trained in posture in my 20s, something similar to rolfing, which is connective tissue work, um, and it's in sessions, and just changing your posture from what happens when you're at the computer, which is a collapsed chest and rolled shoulders, to not by will, but by posture, an open chest and the shoulders are dropped, um, depression can be improved, you know, mild to moderate, not severe, obviously, it's not that simple, but when you have an open chest, you can breathe more deeply. So the nervous system is also more regulated. So less anxiety. Um, you know, when we are afraid, we hold our breath and we lift our shoulders. So when the shoulders are relaxed and this is open, we have deeper breathing, we're more relaxed. Means also our creative thinking, our lateral thinking is open instead of tunnel vision when we become anxious and fearful and contracted. So it seems minor, not to mention that a lot more energy is freed up to be productive and creative when you're not dealing with pain, even if it's low grade chronic pain, it drains us. So, but I wanted, can I, could, and Marie, could I go back just to one little thing about the cuisine? Um, that's my passion. I'm a total foodie and we have won four uh, awards for our cuisine. So even though we have two distinct menus, one is our healthy Kamalaya cuisine that does, as John mentioned, have eggs and um, we have eggs and fish and seafood. We also have um, chicken and duck and ostrich. So we have poultry, we have fowl, yeah. And it's um, organic as much as possible and lots and lots of fresh um, fruits and fresh vegetables and amazing complex carbohydrates and lots of flavor. The other cuisine is our clean cuisine, which we use for our programs like the detox and like the stress and burnout or like some of the fitness programs. And it's, um, it's, more therapeutic, but equally delicious. So our guests can choose 
based on their program, um, they have to eat from, from one sometimes, but they, even the guests who aren't on that program can choose that cuisine. So there's a lot of flexibility and it's delicious and it's beautiful. So some people associate, you know, these health retreats with cuisine that is very restrictive and perhaps, you know, not eating enough or just broth and a few vegetables or something that's so calorie restrictive that it's unpleasant to go through the experience for some time. That's not our approach. We deliver on the results and the cuisine is an integral part of our health programs, but we have a very different approach. Um, as a foodie, I think it's really important to have pleasure <laughs> with food, that it should be visually stimulating, smell really good and be very, very delectable. And at the same time, be healthy for us. So that's our approach. Well, it's making me hungry a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm really curious about this liver herb because you know, a third of the world has fatty liver. And I think most people don't even know what that is or why they have it. And even healthy people get it. Um, maybe even me. <laughs> and so I'm just wondering, what is this herb? Do you give it to people when they come? Like, are they, are they able to have it? How does it work? Well, we, first of all, in Thailand, it's a weed. So if someone did come and was presenting with um, a, a, a virus in their liver, specifically hep B or hep C virus, then it would be a very good herb for us to give them. Um, but we're usually not treating people who are ill. So unless they present with that, we're not giving that. Now, it also is very cooling and is used for certain fevers. It's a, it's a wonderful herb, but we only give herbs when, you know, when, when someone is coming in with specific need. Um, it's not something we would give as part of our cuisine, but I can tell you for fatty liver, um, a big, big part of it is the high fructose corn syrup in the diet and all kinds of excess sugar in the diet, including refined carbohydrates in the diet, alcohol in the diet. So not just sugars as we think of them and also overeating. I mean, literally we are overfed. In previous times, people were undernourished and now we're overnourished. So I, um, I worked at an integrative medical center in Santa Monica, California during the construction of Kamalaya. And I, I was working with people who, had, who were not overweight, but they had fatty livers. And uh, the liver is very responsive to changes, very, very responsive. So anyone listening, don't be afraid uh, to have a fatty liver is not like a terminal diagnosis at all. It is within your hands and just work with a really good naturopath or come to Kamalaya and we can jumpstart you on a program. We would definitely do the detox to begin and then do uh, make suggestions for home changes as well. I don't, I don't know if we said this, but Karina is a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine. After all of her studies, she went and became a doctor and Karina has created all of our programs with the help of our team and, and, our, and our extensive team. But Karina's behind everything that we do here. <laughs> Not quite. Thyroid <laughs> is also because of thyroid and gut issues. And that's what's in my case, that's, that seems to be why I, and I don't want to get into my medical history, but I know everyone's having also gut issues and thyroid issues and lots of autoimmune. So do you see that there? Yes, yes, we, we, yes, so much so that we launched a gut enrichment program um, before COVID, right, right, right on the year of COVID, just maybe a month or two before COVID, we had launched our gut enrichment program because, uh, you know, there's this whole school of thought, both in naturopathy with functional medicine and also in China, where, and in Ayurveda, where all health begins in the gut, 
all help. So that getting the gut right is critical and then building on top of that. And so certainly if people are concerned about their digestive issues, if they're very food intolerant, um, et cetera, et cetera, that's a fantastic um, program to start with and then complement that, let's say with the detox or other things, depending on what's happening. And thyroid issues are massive in women. I mean, and it's so underdiagnosed um, and uh, uh, apparently linked very much to the gut and to food sensitivities and sometimes immune. It doesn't mean Hashimoto's, but immune reactions, which, which uh, affect the balance of the thyroid. But also to be fair, women's adrenals get knocked around a lot and the adrenals will um, pull strongly on the thyroid if they're not strong. And the way women are juggling, you know, personal lives, family lives, careers, all of that um, drains the adrenals a lot more than it used to when our lives were quite a bit simpler. I'm not saying we shouldn't be doing everything we're doing. There's no judgment on this whatsoever. It's just a reality that our modern lifestyle takes a big toll. And then that will also then start to wear on the thyroid function. So there are many factors that one has to look at, but we do address these things as well at Kamalaya. Yep. Well, this is really cool because a lot of times when you have these issues, it's very hard to get help for them. And if you drop out of your life for five days and you come to a place like Kamalaya, you can at least start to get a sense of your whole person because people can go from doctor to doctor and no one's connecting any dots because sometimes they don't in the traditional medical system. No, they're very good at lots of things, but you are parts of a person, right? You are like organs to them. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And what we're trying to, you know, what, not what we're trying to do, what we are doing is we're facilitating, enabling, supporting um, personalized wellness journeys um, for lifelong wellness, right? That's the idea. It's not just come and have a holiday and learn a few things and then forget about it. It's build on it, build on it. And I, I believe that's why we have such a high repeat guest ratio, you know, between about 45, maybe slightly higher now because of post COVID. Um, but it's because people continue to have a benefit. It's not just that they like what, how they feel when they're here is that they continue to see a benefit and they're not finding that anywhere else. So, um, that, you know, our health is really dependent on our choices and we need someone to help us understand what those choices need to be and how to get there. It's one thing to know, okay, I have to go to sleep earlier, but then, how, okay, how do I do it? Well, there can be a whole process to understand behavior change. And we, we really aim to help and support our guests with that. Well, even sometimes just getting into an environment where you're surrounded by positive influences, because when you're trying to make change in your life, we all have negators and detractors and subtle, very subtle, right? In your family and friends. Did you find people speak about that as well? Oh, yes. And by the way, sometimes it's just unconscious. I'm going to give you a really funny example. During COVID, I hope you don't mind, honey. (laughs) I guess it's going to be me again. (laughs) No, it was so funny because we, we, we both share a love of food and, and, um, and during COVID I, I gained weight. So I'm carrying a, a, a bit of extra weight that, you know, I'm not beating myself up about. I'm not like, oh, I have to lose it today, but I do feel like I'd like to get back to before COVID. And it was very much the stress and being in hospitality and Thailand was locked down. So my stress was unremitting for a few years, almost three years. Anyway, um, at one point I said to John, I really, really, really need to lose this weight. So um, I can't remember what I said, but I said, please, I think it was about 
dinner and not offering me any snacks because we have very healthy snacks, but I was trying to not snack. That's what it was. It was, I was trying not to snack. And John's a big snacker, right? When we, when we traveled to Japan and he cut snacking in two weeks, he lost five kilos just from not snacking. We <laughs> ate three full meals. It's just the no snacking in Japan. Or is that just something you did <laughs> they don't snack? So, and we right. were with, Oh, they don't snack. And don't so snack. I didn't do this. Okay. Yeah, no snacking. They eat at mealtime like we used to. We used to be like that, right? And then all of a sudden, this idea that we had to eat every two hours, you know? Um, so the no snacking, John lost five kilos in two weeks. That's just to let you know how much of a snacker he is. And I've become a snacker. And so usually it's, you know, macadamia nuts or healthy things, some apples. It's not horrible things, but still fatty, you know, macadamia nuts or almonds or cashews are very fatty pumpkin seeds, right? So um, I said, please don't offer me snacks. No matter what, you can eat the snacks. We'll have them there, but just don't eat the snacks near me or offer me any. And he was so cute because it's such a habit and you don't, you know, you feel like you're not being generous. You're like, hey, honey, you want some? <laughs> and this kept happening. And he wasn't doing it on purpose. He was not doing it on purpose, but it was so hard because Sometimes I take it without processing that, oh, I'm not snacking anymore, you know? I let her gain the weight for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's so kind. That's love. Uh, okay, so do you have people from the Middle East coming there? Guests from the Middle East? Yes. Not too many, but we do have, we do have. We're not that well known in the Middle East, but, you know, we do have some guests for for last 12, 15 years. We have had Yeah, Yeah, visitors. especially in the summers. When it's because here yeah. we have the rains and the, uh, we've had the people rain. come here and just go, oh my God, <laughs> they just love the rain. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. we're, we're in the tropics, so we don't have a lot of rain. In November and in, in November. October and November, we can have quite a lot of rain. But in the summers, we have this very, very beautiful sprinkles and showers that go, you know, once or twice a day. Uh, it's just, it's just really, really lovely. And you see people run out and, you know, want to embrace it. Yeah, want to great. be in it and love it. <laughs> When I travel, when I go home to Canada at a cottage or something, my friends will be like, it's, I'm so sorry, it's going to rain. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is the greatest day ever. Like, I just really yeah. love it. <laughs> I love it all day and everyone's bummed out. Well, that sounds just beautiful. And thank you so much for talking all about it. It sounds like you've just built the most beautiful place. And hopefully some people from uh, the Middle East will hear this and decide to make the trip. We yeah. would love to welcome more guests from the Middle East and uh, for you to come and also experience uh, what we've done here, Anne-Marie. Which part of Canada, if I could ask? Because John's Canadian from I'm Vancouver. From You're from Vancouver. I'm from uh, London, Ontario. And wow. I was in Ottawa for eight years before I came. I've been here for 15 years. But yeah, I was in the capital for eight years. Toronto for a little bit. And then, yeah. Yeah, cool. beautiful. Cool. You must not get home, like, get home very often. Or no, even I've, I've been gone for, I, I've only been home to Canada twice in the last 50 years, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I go to the States because my, my sisters all got married and live in the United States. So when I'm visiting family or Karina's family's in the States. So when we visit family, I go to the States. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's far. I always have my love and I, I, I grew up and had an incredible time in British Columbia, walked all over the province and loved wow. it. Wow, you sound like you've been a different fellow from the, both of you do sound like you've, uh, you've been a one of a kind since the beginning and you've thought differently. It's interesting right. that you. That's we, really definitely, we definitely color outside the box <laughs> i absolutely love it and how old were you when you met i was 21 and you were 29 yeah 21 and 29 and 14 years later you 
you got married? Did you say 14 11, years later? 11, 11 12 years, years later. Oh, 12 years? Okay. Yeah. 12 years later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, so we're very fortunate and we're fortunate we had this incredible opportunity to create Kamalaya and that it has been so well received by guests, by the industry. We feel very privileged, truly. It's an honor. I hope you will come and visit it so you can see it for yourself, experience it for yourself. And then, and then we, and then we can talk about it again. I'll, I'll have you on my podcast. <laughs> oh, amazing. No, I am coming. I'm coming on the, uh, I'm coming in April. Oh, fantastic. We just flew in. So that's why we haven't been updated when you, I see cat nodding. So great. Well, yeah. I don't so know. It is <laughs> my fatty liver and my thyroid and gut will be showing up. <laughs> yes, they will. Yes, they will. Yes. They'll be happy. Well, you know, another thing that happens here, I'll just to say this, is that many, many of our guests, because it's so common, have diabetes. And oh. after they've been here for two or three days, they have to call their doctors to adjust their medicine down and down and down. They need less and less and less of their medicine because the, the food is so clean. Interesting. Interesting. That is amazing. That what's happening in the world of diabetes and pre-diabetes with diet and movement is really quite profound. Uh, and it's nice for people to see another side, you know, because if you're just in that medical side, it's medication and um, yeah, it's just really beautiful that you show people that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll be in touch about when this is running and uh, see ya. I'll see you soon. You thank soon. You. Take care. Thank you. Have a great thank day. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Bye-bye. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.